uh, I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 24. And the passage that I'm reading out of Matthew is uh, actually um, the following section of what Kenny read. Kenny read the angel's apparition to the Virgin Mary as the Annunciation was taking place, and she was told that she was going to be uh, uh, pregnant and have a baby that belonged to God. And the teenager said, what? You know, she was perplexed. She was confused. And she wondered a great deal what was all this about. She eventually told Joseph, who was betrothed, who, who was engaged to be uh, his wife, and, and now he has an issue because the girl that he was going to marry is now pregnant, and she says it's from God. What, Jennifer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Very suspicious kind of story in the first place. So, uh, he hears this story that I'm pregnant from God? Mm-hmm. So, he has some options here. He can actually divorce her, and in div- or, or in separating for, or in breaking the engagement, that's the way it was called back then, in breaking the engagement, he had two choices. He could do it quietly, which did not involve the religious authorities of the town, or he could do it publicly, which would involve the religious authorities of the town. If he did it publicly, it was the law that Mary would be stoned to death. If he did it quietly, well, you know, the gossip would be around, and Mary would probably need to move to another town so that she can have a career and a life. Okay? That's the kind of situation. So this is where we find Joseph. Joseph is probably sitting down by the fireplace in his house, having to count the options, having to think through what to do. And, you know, it's difficult and it's very stressful to go through those kind of experiences. And I don't know if you have a reaction when you're trying to make a decision and you make that time and space to be quiet and and meditate and discern the decision. How many of you get sleepy? It may be a body reaction either to avoid or to quiet down the brain and then, you know, things may be solved, you know, but, but we don't know. So I think this happened to Joseph. While he's thinking and meditating and considering all these things, he may have fallen asleep. And this is where we catch him in the reading. So please read me as, we, as you listen to and for the word of the Lord. As he considered this, says Matthew 1.20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him uh, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did 
as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his, as his wife. But he did not have intimacy or sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus, the word of the Lord. I have been sharing with you a series of messages based on, on, on the five angel apparitions that took place during the narrative stories of Jesus' birth. During Jesus' birth, by the way, all stories are taken out of two Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, because these are the only two Gospels that actually have a birth narrative. Mark and John don't have a birth narrative. So everything that we know about the birth of Jesus comes out of Matthew and Luke. Okay? So the stories go back and forth between Matthew and Luke. The first apparition or the first angel apparition, it, 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 we found out that it, the angel showed up to a couple, once who was a priest, in the day that he was supposed to make sure everything went down in order and decently in his Presbyterian synagogue, I mean in his synagogue, he made sure it happened well. He was there during the, the, during the offerings, and suddenly an angel showed up to Zechariah. This is the father of John the Baptist, not the Presbyterian, okay? So uh, he showed up, and he's baffled, he's surprised, but he doubts. And the consequence, we know the story that the angel says, okay, because you doubt, you're not going to be able to speak now until the baby is born. So he comes out mute, and the people knew that he was speechless because he had seen an apparition from God. So somehow he communicated the story to Elizabeth, and that's the first apparition. So in, in, in our stories, in the, uh, amongst us, angels amongst us, the first apparition is actually the one where Zechariah shows up, the angel shows up in Zechariah's life, and he's given hope. He's given more hope. Because even though he's worshiping God and he's doing the duties of a priest, his heart was yearning for a child. And they were frustrated. They, had, they were despaired. They had lost hope. They were hopeless. In the midst of their hopelessness, in the midst of their active waiting for God, because he was doing the duties of the priest, in his active waiting on God, God showed God's self and gave them the child and made them part of the story. This is the amazing thing. Every time angels show up, your life is about to be turned around. Every time angels show a messenger from God shows up, the people's life is turned around. People's life never go back to be the same in any way, shape, or form because God is intervening in your story, in your life, and therefore your life should not be the same once God interrupts it in a divine fashion, with grace and mercy, and in this case for Zechariah and Elizabeth, with more hope. Have you ever struggled with hopelessness, despair, with frustration? How many of you have done that, have, have really struggled with hopelessness? It's been there. Well, hang in there because there is more hope offered to us by the King of peace and the King of hope because God is entering the scene, not only of Elizabeth's in Zechariah's life, but God is entering the scene in your life. Last Sunday, we weren't here, so I'm going to preach something. Oh, by the way, how many of you uh, uh, have gotten your wings? You, th there is a space right back here that uh, in the walls, so they have these panels of wings. We invite you to take your pictures with wings, you know, and, and then show your family, but send them to us 
so that we can put them in Facebook as members of our church gain their wings throughout this process. We had an artist do those wings. And, of course, the model in there uh, is my son. He's the angel model. Yes, he's adorable. <laughs> That's what his girlfriend says. So in the whole scheme of things, Zechariah, who is a person of faith, who's a person of duty, loses hope. And God restores hope in his life. And God restores hope in his life by fulfilling the promise from God. You see, hope is not just wishful thinking. I hope it snows for Christmas Eve. Well, you know what are the chances of snowing in Christmas Eve are right here in Atlanta where we're at? 0.02%. I looked it up before I moved in. So I lost that hope. <laughs> but it happened eight inches this last week. So God sends Jesus to plant more hope in our lives, to plant more of Jesus in our lives. Peace is another element that Jesus comes to offer us, more peace in our lives. And the element of peace here in the second apparition, which is the one with more peace, in the second apparition, which Kenny read, the angel shows up to Mary. The angel shows up to Mary. Even Zechariah's apparition, he freaked out. He lost it. He even doubted. Well, Mary simply was perplexed. Notice in verse 29 of that text. When the angel shows up and says, Mary, don't be afraid. Instead of her saying, who are you or what are you? Listen to what the verse says. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused and perplexed, Mary tried to understand, to find meaning, to find purpose in this whole experience. Isn't that like a teenager? Older people would freak out, you know, because they're just not used to seeing these heavenly apparitions, these kinds of things. Younger people kind of welcome them. Cool. I've never seen that. And, and, and in Mary's case, as a young teenager that she was, she kind of went for it. Oh, yeah. How can this be? But, you know, the angel said, well, you know, nothing is impossible with God. So she basically, she sought meaning, purpose, and understanding on that experience. Instead of going and feeling bad about herself, instead of going and having the pity party, which I learned it was, uh, 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 everybody hates me, I guess I'll go eat worms, kind of pity party thing. Well, instead of that situation, instead of thinking of the problems that she could get into by accepting this call of her, a young girl getting pregnant without marriage, by understanding and trying to find meaning and purpose in her life, Mary finds a great deal of peace. You see, because the opposite of peace is denial. Think about it. We have to struggle sometimes to find our peace. We yearn for peace. We want peace. We want peace that will actually fix our life, our relationships. But only more peace would happen as we get closer to God. Because the opposite of peace that derives out of fear is denial. When we deny our own brokenness, our own weakness, our own sin, we have no peace. We're running away from God. When we confront our weaknesses, when we confront our sin, when we bring it to the cross and we accept God's forgiveness, that's when we have peace. So the opposite of peace that's birthed out of fear 
is denial. When we deny injustices, inequalities, when we deny that there is systemic racism in our own country, in our own town, even perhaps in the church, we have no peace in church or in the world. The opposite of peace that comes out of fear again is denial. We fear the dark woods of our souls, and yet Jesus invites us to go into the dark woods of our souls because He is the light that will give us meaning and purpose in those dark moments of our life. God comes to meet us at that moment. So when God came to meet Mary, Mary said, let it be as your word says. She found contentment. She found peace in not denying the challenge, but in embracing the challenge that was before her. That is more peace. In our story today that we read, we find Joseph considering all the options that he had. And I mentioned earlier that he had the option of quietly you know, separating for her, publicly separating for her, which would cause murder. But instead, in our third angelic apparition, once peace is in the hearts, a joy of expression can come out, you see? We often miss the joy of what is going to happen right now because we run away from the opportunities that we have. And when we run away from the opportunities, we then are on our own trying to figure it out on our own. The opposite of this kind of joy, spiritual joy, you know what it is? The opposite of joy? Let me see my notes. The opposite of this joy is actually fear itself. Fear itself. Manifested in the illusion that we think that we can fix our things. And we're well in ourselves. In our text, Joseph already knows that Mary is pregnant and is having to consider the situation. He both worries and yet experiences some degree of joy at the same time. Listen to this. He was worried because he was about to either throw a girl under the bus that she can be killed or leave her behind. But what man who's in love really wants to do that? And above all, now he's got the complication that an angel has appeared in a dream and tells him there's going to be a boy. Oh, that's important in that, in that era. A boy. Oh, a boy. Not a girl. That, in that, that those days, it was, you know, it was an issue. It was an economic issue. It was a survival issue. So he's going to have a boy. Oh, cool. She's pregnant. Uh, but he's going to be a boy. Okay. And in the decision that he made, as he decided to obey and follow the instructions of the angels, follow the instruction from God, he not only gained his joy, but his worry dissipated. Why did his worry dissipate? Because he was trusting the word of the Lord. This child is from God. So it's a boy and it's from God. Wow. See the joy? See the expectation? Which, I mean, it wasn't his, but I have known people to have adopted children from others and not care at all whatsoever. There's a story of a young man who got married and he was eager to have a family and there were no kids coming. So they got checked and the doctor said, it's your fault. Oh. So it was his fault, medically speaking. So because it was his fault, he decided to play. Yeah. 
Decided to play with somebody from the job. Don't mess where you work. It's the message. So he decided to play with somebody from the job, and she got pregnant. Once you know it, with twins. Yeah, dog. That kind of situation happened. And that wife of the man who not only was unfaithful, but who, according to doctors, couldn't have kids and now shot two for two, two, two for two. Two kids. Well, guess what? She adopted those children. I have seen those children. They're now eight, nine years old. He was my best man in my wedding. The first one. And those children are adopted by that woman. She would have rejected him. She was all justified. And yet she decided to accept the children. And they are a family. Praise be to God. So Joseph in his situation, he was experiencing worries you know, because of the fear. What's going to happen? He was worried. He was staying up all night until he fell asleep. And then when the angel came, it gave him more joy to think about what was going on. Do not be afraid. You could divorce her quietly. Do not worry. God is in charge. That's why he heard. And then you're part of the story. So he heard the message clearly. Don't be afraid. Not only don't be afraid because the angel shows up, but don't be afraid in the mission I'm sending you right now into. Oh, it's, it's quaky. It's freaky. But don't be afraid. Then don't worry because God is in charge. Oh, I'm okay now. I can go in that journey because God is in charge. I don't have to be afraid. And guess what? You are part of this whole thing because you are to name him. You are to raise him. Joseph was filled with joy, great joy, because he got to keep his wife. And he had a child that came from God. And he was part of the whole story. Just as Zechariah and Elizabeth received more hope by believing, just as Mary received more peace by finding her purpose and reason in God's story, just like Joseph was filled with more joy as he followed the story and became part of it, do not be afraid. I invite you to seek more hope by believing God. Do not be afraid. Go seek more peace by discovering God. Do not be afraid. Go search for more joy as you find yourself in your story with God. Do not be afraid. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that in Christ we find peace, your kind of peace, not our kind of peace. That through the birth of Jesus Christ, we are blessed with great joy, not just gladness, but the kind of joy that takes away worries because you're in charge. And you have brought us to your story right here in our community. We thank you, Lord, that you also bless us with great deal of hope as we become your children of hope. We thank you, Lord, that you call us to be children of love as next week we will be discovering that love came down 
on Christmas. And we thank you, O God, for Jesus who teaches us all these lessons, for the word that gives it to us, and for the spirit that makes it real in our lives. And we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.